When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Access to the best in construction industry training. Call Master Builders Victoria today. Afternoons on SEN. Welcome back to the show, or welcome if you're just joining us for the first time. Julian DeStoop sitting in for Dwayne Russell. Still to come on the show, NBL Commissioner Jeremy Lodeliga, uh, Kevin Shifter-Sheen as we look ahead to the 2022 draft and para-taekwondo Superstar Janine Watson will also join us in this hour. But 12 days to go to the draft, so we're going back 12 years. That's the 2010 National Draft, an historic draft because it was held on the Gold Coast. The Suns had the first three picks, David Swallow, Harley Bennell and Sam Day. Other, plenty of other prominent players in that draft. Andrew Gaff, Dyson Heppel, Dion Prestia were all top 10 picks. Isaac Smith at pick 19, Cam Guthrie at 23, Jack Darling 26, Luke Parker, an absolute steal at pick 40 for the Swans. Uh, Tom Libertore, 41 as a father's son. Tom McDonald, 53, a bit of a steal for the Demons. Uh, Alex Johnson, who looked like he was going to have a great career for the Swans before those knee injuries struck at 57. Pretty handy rookie elevation at pick 58 for the Cats. James Podziadley, Hawthorne Premiership player Paul Piopolo at 66. And at number 73, our next guest, the second time out of three times that he was drafted, Matt Spanger went from West Coast to Sydney, and Matt's been good enough to join us to Sabo. Hello, Matt. Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well. Uh, before we get stuck into your journey and, uh, I guess, your draft experience, given you were drafted three times, how's life as an assistant coach at the Doggies? It's been quite a nice uh, transition out of playing in, into different elements of footy. But my uh, my first year season at the Dogs, coaching-wise, has been pretty enjoyable from my point of view. I know, uh, you know everyone would hope to have better results and we would have liked to have had a better year in terms of where we finish, but overall, it's a fantastic group of, of players and also uh, people out there, and I've really been enjoying it. When did coaching come on your radar, Matt? Because you did a lot of study uh, during your career and went into other areas post-footy. When, when did sort of coaching come on your radar? Yeah, I came back into footy after a couple of years abroad uh, for a role at Collingwood that was uh, a little bit of a different role in terms of operations and, and welfare and just the nature of probably covid uh, having you know a lot of people in the industry wearing different hats, got a bit of a taste of it at VFL level there, and then uh, just in terms of you know fortune, Luke Beveridge gave us a call, and um, I figured, look, if if he figured I was uh, I was worthy of the role, I'll happily explore it a little bit more myself, and um, I was I was always really interested in doing it, but probably more about the, the right opportunity, and this just seemed like the perfect one. Has it been what you expected? We've heard, you know, Luke's probably been one of the more uh, vocal coaches about, you know, it's really tough for coaches at the moment. You know, footy departments aren't what they were post-COVID in, in terms of numbers. Has it been, in terms of workload, has it been what you expect? 
Yeah, for me, I'm okay with it. I mean, um, it's hard for me to compare because obviously I wasn't coaching prior to uh, all the cuts. So I only really know what this feels like. And uh, my attitude is, you know, if the work needs to be done, just get it done a little bit. I Don't get me wrong, I can appreciate that it's, it's, there are times where you're a bit stressed. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we've got a, a little girl. Like during the season, it does. there are times where uh, you wish you could be uh, of more assistance at home and particularly if you've got travel weeks and things like that it makes it a little bit stretched throughout that period of the season but um, oh, there are ways in which it evens out certainly at the end of the year if you're not directly involved in any recruiting and things like that you do get a little bit more time off so look it's probably a little bit of a ledger where we are stretched uh, throughout the year um, and I can appreciate for some people that's a real challenge. It was a remarkable uh, career you had, 56 games over 11 seasons. Let's go back to the the first draft you participated in, pick 34 to the Eagles in 2005. Um, Injuries early, played one reserve game in your first year, and you had to wait until 2008 to make your debut. What are your memories of being drafted the first time and and making that long trek across to the West? Uh, Well, West Coast is one of the teams that uh, had shown uh, a key interest in me throughout most of my juniors. Like, they'd spoken to me in my bottom age year as well. So I always knew there was a, a chance of going there. Um, and so when they call a name out, I, it wasn't really a surprise. I was just so excited, to be honest, to get to get drafted. It's probably one... I mean, I know lots of young boys and girls these days are, are uh, probably the similar thing where they've aspired to do it for so long and such an important milestone in their in their footy career or footy journey and I was no different I was very excited um you know and then uh as you have to pack up very quickly you get over there within you know three to four days you know a little bit of bittersweet mentality slow slips in that you you are moving pretty far away but at the same time I uh I was I was up for it and then uh yeah and then it was one of those ones where you get to come back, I suppose, within three or four weeks for, for Christmas anyway after being drafted. So it was, it was almost the first bit was a bit of a uh, like a whirlwind. You know, it takes a little while to, to sink in. It's going back after that Christmas period, I remember, just that it really being, all right, well, this is, this is it now. So that was sort of my first initial initial memories of the yeah, the first time I got drafted. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was your debut game the infamous game where Barry Hall knocked out Brent Staker? It was, yeah. I didn't see you running up to Barry trying to defend your teammate. Uh, well, I've got a great excuse. I was actually on the bench at the time. So, <laughs> you, you would uh, have otherwise. You would have otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like to think I would have, but, geez, I'm glad I didn't have to worry about it. Oh, um, yeah, that was a strange, strange debut um, in that respect. It, uh, yeah, it meant, I had to, it meant I went to go and play like a, a different opponent, and it was good. I had to play on Michael Lachlan, who taught me a fair few footy lessons that day. So it was... Uh, I'll look an interesting debut, to say the least. We're talking to former Eagle, Swan and Hawk, Matt Spanger, as we look back to the 2010 draft. So how did it be that you came to Sydney? Obviously, you were drafted that year, but you wanted to get back to Victoria. When did you sort of think there was an inkling you might head up to the Swans? Uh, I would love to sit here and say that I had an idea, but honestly, I was, I was a bit blindsided by that. The, the way it all eventuated is I probably wanted to get Victoria the year before where... Um, I'd actually, my manager and I had been speaking to Carlton at the end of 2009 and I'd played a fair few games for the back end of that year at the Eagles and the uh, time felt right to get back home and also I could well and truly appreciate that uh, the Eagles had some pretty 
good young key defenders who uh, were definitely better placed than me, that being you know, Mackenzie Schofield and Mitch Brown at the time, as well as already having Darren Glass and I think Adam Hunter was still around. So like, it was it was tough, uh, and one of us probably had to go. Um, and I had no objections to exploring going back to Victoria. So um, that was at the end of 2009, and then uh, I actually just had a horrific year of footy in 2010. And uh, and you know, looking back now, you know, probably rightly didn't get recontracted with the Eagles. So I went and trained with Hawthorne for that off that off season. You know, in the, in the old school way, not the, the more formal way they do it now. So uh, I would have had the full, I think I had two, three weeks training with them and uh, had a pretty honest conversation with Alistair Clarkson and not for the draft and seemed to be saying, hey, uh, look, we're going to go with Cam Bruce, who was also training at the time and uh, the best chance of probably be a rookie. And oh, that was okay. You know, when you're looking to hang around the system, you don't, you don't have any complaints. But uh, it didn't eventuate and my name was read out by the Swans, who... Uh, had apparently spoken to my manager, but um, yeah, I was I was pretty unaware that they were that interested. So you're at West Coast in 2006 when they win a flag. You're at Sydney in 2012 when they win a flag, but you're not not part of it. What what are your sort of memories of those experiences? Is it a bit bittersweet, or in the moment you're just excited because you're on the list and you've you've played some sort of role in it? Well, certainly in 2006 at the Eagles, that was my first year in the system and. Um, I'd been injured the whole year and was nowhere near playing a, a senior game, let alone contributing on the field. So you were, it was, in many respects, my position in the team then just felt very privileged and, and happy for your teammates because you knew there was no, there was no other way you could really contribute. So, uh, but 2012 a little bit different at the Swans. Um, so the back end of 2011, I'd, I'd played, you know, probably a, a five or six games for the Swans and. A, and started to feel like I was contributing to the side a little bit. And then 2012 was uh, was probably the one of the more challenging years in terms of injuries that I had. Just couldn't get a run at it. So I was, um, had a pretty significant soft tissue injury in the pre-season. And every time I'd get back through uh, the NEFL then, um, you know, play three or four weeks and then break down again. So just couldn't get a clear run at it, but knew that, um, you know, my best would, would be able to contribute. But... Uh, at the same time, you know, the players who played that night day, well, I'm sure it hurt the middle, but, you know, people do have to miss out, unfortunately. It is it is tough when you uh, when you you feel like you should be out there and, and you're not. Oh, that's, uh, I imagine most players who have been in that position, um, you know, you are. That bittersweet is definitely the way to describe it. You certainly much rather be celebrating to a certain extent with your teammates rather than everyone commiserating, but it still hurts when you're not part of the uh, 22 or 23 these days. Well, you kept lobbing at good clubs because then you, you head to Hawthorne. They win the flag in 2013 and you played in the qualifying final, but not part of the flag. And then you mentioned injuries. They'd been a problem for you throughout your career. And 2014 ended so well, but it didn't start well with another pretty serious injury. Yeah, I, uh, I again, some soft tissue stuff in the preseason, but got in a team in round three, I believe, against Frio. And uh, the Hawks were playing some really good footy as they were you know, during that period pretty holistically but we uh went up to the gold coast and i yeah, had a i got a medial ankle injury which um put me out for 10 weeks and then uh it's funny how some things work out uh i uh, brennan bolton actually took over the coaching as i was about to return and uh because Clarko was sick at the That's time right. yep. and um 
and we just also had a, a, a bit of a run of injuries with key backs. Gibbo was out and a couple other ones uh, to mention. I think Lakey might have been out. Yep. So I think Kyle Skeeney and I were, our, were the pretty much only availabilities. And um, it's the only time I've ever had to come back in the side through my crew without going through the reserves, which was which was nice. And uh, we played West Coast down in Tassie and um, played a fairly decent role down there. And then... Um, from there, got a bit of momentum, and then never, never really came out of the side. And obviously, was lucky enough to culminate in being part of the team at the end of the year in the last game, which was, which was you know, a pretty special moment. Yeah, and there was a, just a, there was a growing popularity amongst the uh, Hawthorne fans for you. The Sir Matt Spanger Facebook page was created. Do you, do you sort of know why you resonated so highly with the Hawthorne fan base? Um, oh. I'm, I, I, it's probably a couple of things. I mean, it's always nice to, to resonate on the positive side than you know, being maligned like you know some players get, get a little bit more attention. I, it's probably all the things we're discussing. But I, don't, I know um, I don't have the most traditional footy uh, pathway, you know, and uh, probably the look I was running back then uh, might have been a little bit more <laughs> standout-ish compared to some of the other people on the field. Um, you know, it seems to be... Uh, by the by these days, but I uh, it, it all stemmed actually from the year before at Box Hill. The Box Hill when the real diehard Hawthorne fans got around, uh, they, and, the, and there's a lot of the other guys down at Box Hill in 2013, and we had a successful year that year as well. So I think that just rolled over uh, into 2014 when I was lucky enough to get a, a little bit of a run of AFL games. So you play in the flag, and I remember the day after at Glenferry Road where the, the celebrations were, everyone wanted to hear from you even though uh, there was a host of superstars in the team. There was only one problem, though, Matt. You could hardly speak. What happened to the voice on the Saturday yeah. night? <laughs> yeah, look, it's a, it's a massive uh, defect in my genetic makeup. Whenever I uh, get excited and, and have a celebration <laughs> the night before, I, I probably, I'm quite vocal in my... I think I lose my voice just through, through sheer volume of talking. So um, I always wake up the next morning a little bit more hoarse. And I think, uh, yeah, that w- it just didn't uh, go too well <laughs> when I had to get on the mic. But as you know, I certainly wasn't expecting you think about all the, the cavalcade of, of superstars in that side. I mean, the last person I was expecting sort of to be called up was me. Um, so I thought I was going to get away with it. But look, anyway, we uh, it made for a nice chuckle for a few of the fans. But the interview was short, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it mean to be a Hawthorne Premiership player? I mean, A, to get to the flag eventually after all the ups and downs in your career and then to be part of a, a team that's one of the very best we've ever seen. Yeah, it's certainly something I'm, I'm proud of. And I, you know, you take away a lot of things from your football journey. I'm pretty pleased with the relationships I've made along the way. All three clubs got some, some great friends and still being in, in footy, it's, it's quite nice to see now when you almost go to, when you play an opponent, you see someone at every club, you know, just from the sheer volume of places you've been, which is, which is really nice. But specifically in regards to the, the Hawthorne Premiership, it is, it is something I know that statistically my career is, is nothing flash. Um, but I, I loved every minute of it. And I've always been a bit of a team player, team mentality. I, was never good enough to probably win any personal accolades of, of the highest level, even even in juniors footy. So, I loved uh, being part of something bigger than myself, and to do that at AFL level, which is ultimately what I was trying to achieve the whole time. You know, really in many ways vindicated 
the career when you have so many ups and downs and, and not just for myself but even you know family and friends who are, are riding those riding those uh, ups and downs with you it's uh oh, it was a pretty special day all around for, for them as well well Matty, yeah uh, thanks so much for your time it was a, a fascinating journey and uh, as you say it it there's one very special moment in there being part of that great uh, Hawthorne side. Uh, good luck as the preseason gets underway at the Bulldogs, and thanks for taking our call this afternoon. No, I appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me. Great to chat to Matt Spanger. He was such a popular player, and as I say, I remember covering that for Fox the next day down at Glen Ferry amongst thousands of Hawthorne supporters, and they were, he was the man that everyone wanted to hear from, and uh, his voice, he... There was a bit of Terry Wallace about it, a bit of Madge from Neighbours about it. It just uh, didn't sound too good. He clearly had a a good celebration uh, the night before. Uh, You're listening to Afternoons, all for Master Builders uh, Victoria. Uh, After the break, uh, we will play you the video. Isaac Humphreys uh, coming out to his teammates. Uh, Jeremy Loliga will join us uh, after 2 o'clock. That's coming up next on Afternoons. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.